Hi there, this is Edwin Crozier with the Franklin Church of Christ. I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us as we study God's Word and learn how to glorify Him His way. The lesson that you're about to hear was presented by one of the brethren at the Franklin Church of Christ, Wiley Deason. He wants you to take a look at Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, and let's learn a little bit about pressing on to the goal. Open your Bibles with us as we learn how to press on to heaven. It is great to see each and every one of you here this evening. I am a newcomer to this congregation, and I know, I still know there are visitors here tonight. And it's good to see you here, and we hope that you will come back each and every opportunity that you get the chance. I am obviously not the regular preacher. I think Edwin has gone on vacation this week. And so uh, being here two weeks, one of two things, this is either a tryout to see if I can stay or you're a glutton for punishment. I think you'll probably find the two is probably the one that uh, you would pick. You're going to be a glutton for punishment. But it's good, and I want to thank the congregation, thank the elders for giving me this opportunity as well as thanking you for receiving me so, uh, so joyously. This has got to be one of the friendliest groups of people that I've ever been a part of. The first time I visited, when I was looking for a congregation to look at, the very first time I visited, I could not get out of the door. The Sunday night, uh, it was a Sunday night where you talked about the work that you were going to do for the rest of the year. I tell you, that was a wonderful night. I saw the work unfolded and saw how friendly you were and how you received me, and I'm so thankful for that. And I hope that I will be able to encourage you as you have encouraged me already. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart for your encouragement that you've been to me. If you will, open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is the passage in Philippians chapter 3, beginning of verse 12 and going to verse 14. And tonight we'll begin reading right there. The Apostle Paul says, Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, But I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Tonight there are about four things that I want to point out, four thoughts that I want to point out, and then the lesson will be yours. The first thing I want to point out is the Apostle Paul's belief that he can improve. Paul went on three missionary journeys throughout his lifetime. The Apostle Paul suffered physically several times for the Lord. If you'll turn with me to 2 Corinthians in verse chapter 11. Second Corinthians in chapter 11 and verse 23 or 24. The Apostle Paul, I'm sorry, back up to 23. The Apostle Paul says, Are they servants of Christ? I speak as if, I, if, it, as if insane. I'm more so. In far more labors, in far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews thirty-nine lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have spent in the deep. I have been on frequent journeys, in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles. Dangers in the cities, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. Apart from such external things, there is the daily presence upon me of concern for all the churches. Paul went on, like as I already said earlier, Paul went on three missionary journeys and saved uh, 
hundreds, maybe thousands of souls, baptized them and converted them. He was truly one of the greatest men of God that ever walked the earth. And yet he still believed that he could improve. He says in verse 12 of that, he says, or, uh, Not that I have already obtained it, or have already become perfect, but I pressed on in order that I may lay hold of that which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. You know, sometimes I wonder, and I know we're all guilty of this at some point in our life, but when we go and we seek to uh, compare ourselves to other people, how is it that sometimes we compare ourselves to the weaker brother, to the weaker sister, and we sit back and we say, well, you know, I'm better than they are at least. Why not go and compare ourselves to the brother that is stronger, as, as young men, compare ourselves to the elders of our congregation, the men who are seen as wives and our shepherds? Why not as young sisters in Christ? Go and look towards the elders' wives for a matter and see how respectful and, and how they diligently handle their job and their duty. Uh, Edwin talked this morning about uh, the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31. And I think of elders' wives when I think of that passage a lot of times because I've known a lot of elders' wives that fit that role to the T. And I look forward to getting to know our elders' wives because I know that they do the same. But so many times we're often so quick to compare ourselves to the weak brother. Compare ourselves to the person that is, that is weaker than us. And we do so, I guess, to make ourselves feel good. We need to start looking up to the stronger brethren. I remember worshiping in the North Boulevard Church of Christ in Tampa, Florida. Some of you may know Ken Willover. Andrew Roberts is here, priest at the Jackson Heights Church of Christ uh, in Columbia. Ken used to preach there. And I remember a lady there when I was working with them and talking with them and uh, and, and I was preaching and teaching some Bible classes there. And her name was Sister Gladys Coons. And some of you who have been in the Florida area may know Sister Coons or may have known Sister Coons. She passed away last year. She passed away at the age, I think, of 97. She lived a long life. And if you ever asked Sister Coons how she was doing today, you'd go up to her and say, Sister Coons, how are you doing? And she'd say, I'm still making progress. And here's a 97-year-old lady. And the answer to that question is, I'm still making progress. Until the day she died, she was still making progress. That's the attitude that we should have. I want to turn to 1 Thessalonians in chapter 1. And look at what Paul said to the church at Thessalonica. He said, Paul and Silvanus and Timothy to the church of Thessalonica and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father, knowing, brethren, beloved by God, His choice of you. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. And with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake, you also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and in Achaia, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone forth, so that, we know, so that we have no need to say anything. For they themselves report about us what kind of reception we had with you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve a true, living and true God, and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, that is Jesus who delivers us from the wrath of God. I want to give you a little history here real fast about this passage. Paul sent Timothy, and in chapter 3 it talks about how Paul sent Timothy to go check on the church at Thessalonica. Because he was worried about the church there. I, I read into that that he was worried. He was concerned about their faith. And when Timothy 
went back to report to Paul in Corinth the good news that they have kept the faith. And not only that, but they have grown a lot more closer to God. In chapter 4 and verse 9, Paul writes then, after this report, and I'm sorry, we'll back up to verse 1, but you notice in verse in chapter 1, in verse 2, he said, We give thanks to God always for you, making mention of your, you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope. These brethren were workers in the kingdom of God. In chapter 4, in verse 9 now, Paul says, Now as to the love of the brethren, you have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. For indeed you do practice it toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, to excel still more. Brethren, it's no matter how good we are at something, whether we're good at love, whether we're good at leading singing, whether we're good at preaching, at teaching the Bible class, we can still excel more. Because we're not perfect. The only perfect being that ever walked this earth was Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul, here in Thessalonica and Philippians, sees the need to excel still more. The second thing, the point that I want to make this morning, is that we need to forget the past. That's a hard thing to do. That is a hard thing to do. Forgetting the past often often involves removing past sins. In past sins, it is extremely hard sometimes to forget those past sins. We get so bogged down, so weighed down with the mistakes that we've made of our lives that we let it hurt us and hurt our service to God. Matthew 5 and verse 4, Jesus said, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And the, and the purpose and the meaning behind that is, Blessed are those who mourn for their sins, for they shall be comforted. And there is a time and a place where we should mourn for our sins, but there's also a time and a place, my brethren, that we should move on and forget those things and press on toward the goal. I want you to think about the context of Philippians 3 and think about who's writing it. The Apostle Paul was the sinner of all sinners. In Acts chapter 7, the Apostle Paul held the coats of those who stoned Stephen to death. And in chapter 8, just a few verses down from that, it tells us that, he, that the churches were scattered about as he was persecuting the churches there. The Apostle Paul was not converted by an apostle or by a teacher of the gospel. It took Jesus Christ himself to come in a form of a miracle. While Paul in Acts chapter 9 was on the road to Damascus to convert him. Paul was not somebody that was going to be easily converted without something like that to happen. The Apostle Paul was a sinner of all sinners. Can you imagine being the Apostle Paul meeting Stephen in heaven one day? What a sight. What a sight. To see Stephen accept him in his arms as brother, I tell you what, forgetting our past sins can be hard. The Apostle Paul did it. And we must do that. That's not the only thing we need to forget. We need to forget past injuries from our brethren. If you look back in Acts chapter 9, shortly after the Apostle Paul was, was converted and baptized, it says in verse 26, And when he had come to Jerusalem, he was trying to associate with the disciples, and they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took hold of him and brought him to the apostles and described to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had talked to him and how at Damascus he had spoken out boldly in the name of Jesus. And he was with them moving about freely in Jerusalem, speaking out boldly in the name of the Lord. And that was supposed to have been a hard thing for Barnabas to do. 
It must have been a hard thing for the brethren that Paul went to teach to do. To forget the past, to forget that he persecuted and, and, and Christians were killed. And the apostle and Saul, which became the apostle Paul, was the main persecutor. Injuries from past brethren, no matter what it is, can be gossip, backbiting, slander. There are several different kinds of injuries that, that brethren can cause sometimes. That's sad. It is. But in order to move on and forget the past, we must forget the injuries that, that are caused from our brethren. Another thing we need to forget is past persecutions. In Matthew chapter 5, in verse 11, Jesus said, Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And finally, we need, to, uh, we need to forget past victories. You know, I didn't see the Apostle Paul sitting back there and praising himself, saying, you know, I baptized ten people in Corinth last night. That was a great thing. I, didn't, I don't see him doing that. Paul was not focused on how many souls he had saved. Paul was focused on the work of him and how many souls he needed to save. Paul was, uh, was focused on going out and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and converting as many people as possible. So many times we can lose sight and become proud and become arrogant by focusing on our past victories, focusing on the things and the successes we've had. It's not a bad thing to be proud of the successes you've had. It's not a bad thing to be proud of the victories that you've had. But when we make these our focus, and we become proud, and we become arrogant, and we lack humility because of these things, that can be a dangerous, a dangerous weapon that the devil uses against us in our work for the Lord. We need to forget the past to move on. The third thing I want to point out to you is in verse 13. Paul says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as laying hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. The Apostle Paul was always seeking to those things that lie ahead of him. In, verse, in chapter verse 20 of the same passage, Paul talks a little bit about what he was talking about. He says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. There are several things, dear brethren, at the Church of Franklin, that are before us that we need to look forward to. Our first and primary focus is to reach out to lost. In Matthew 28, Jesus gives the Great Commission and also in Mark 16. And He tells us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. I want to ask you this, this evening, how big is your world? How big is the world that you live in? And what I mean by that is not by going and looking at a map and saying, well, we've got seven continents and, and several countries. No, but how big is your world? What do you do for the cause of Jesus Christ? Do you seek to reach that which is lost? You know, there is so much work to do in the kingdom of God. There is a lot of work to do. And reaching out to the lost is just a small part of that because there's other works that need to be done. But that is our goal. That is our responsibility. That is the job that Jesus Christ has laid out for us. The second thing we need to do is reach out to erring brethren. In Galatians 6, 2, Paul says, Bear one another's burdens, and thus fulfill the law of Christ. In First and Second Thessalonians, and I'll turn you to Second Thessalonians in chapter three, in verse fourteen, 
The Apostle Paul instructs them, if anyone does not obey our instructions, let her take special note of that man and do not associate with him, so that he may be put to shame. And yet do not regard him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. If you turn over a few pages in chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, in verse 14, Paul says, And we urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all men. We're to reach out to erring brethren, and furthermore, we're to reach out to those that are weak. Apostle says, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all men. And then, the fourth thing we need to reach forward to is edification. You know, the Lord gave us each other, what a wonderful gift, to give us each other so that we can serve Him together and honor Him. In Hebrews 10, in verse 19, It says, Since therefore, brethren, we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us, the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day drawing near. For if we go on sinning willfully, after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. I notice in verse 25, he says, not forsaking our own assemblies. And in verse 26, the very next thing he says is, for as if we go on sinning willfully, Forsaking the assembly of the Lord is a sin. And not only is it a sin, but I do not understand why any Christian would want to do that. Because to get through life, to get through the hard times, to share the good times, we need each other and we need edification. This afternoon I was leading singing a singing in Athens, Alabama at the Jackson Drive Church of Christ. And we were singing songs of heaven. And I'll tell you what, if, if you don't like singing songs of heaven, then you're in the wrong place. Because heaven is what we all strive to be and where we all strive to go. And one day we're going to be sitting before the Lord singing praises to God as our Creator. We need to reach out for edification. Worship, when we come to worship, and if we have the proper mindset towards our worship, that it's not about us, that it's about God. It's about worshiping God. And then we put our whole focus on God, then you will, then you will be edified by that. You know, I've never left a true a worship service without being edified. Now, I've gone to a few places where they sung the song and did the dance, and, and, and I wasn't very encouraged. And part of that was my fault because I didn't put all I had to it. But I've never met anywhere where if you just put your all into what you're doing, that you won't be edified and you won't be encouraged. We need to reach out for edification. Then finally, in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 14, the Apostle Paul says, I press on for the goal of the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We need to press on. We need to press on because for our, for our citizenship is in heaven. We need to press on so we can reach that goal. If you'll turn me to uh, Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. I want to notice something here in, in, in John's uh, letter, uh, message to the church at Philadelphia here. In verse 7 it says, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, He who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, 
and who shuts and no one opens says this, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open, uh, an open door which no one can shut, because you have a little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name. I want to look at what he says in verse 8 when he says, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut because you have a little power. He doesn't say, well, church of Philadelphia, you know, you have a little power. He says, church of Philadelphia, you have a little power. And brethren, I'm here to tell you the same thing, that we have a little power. And together we can accomplish a lot for the sake of God. We can accomplish a lot to bring lost souls to Christ and ultimately to heaven. We have a little power. That's the lesson tonight. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid a hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on for the goal, for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. Those are some encouraging words from the beloved Apostle Paul, our brother in the faith. And I would encourage you to press on. To not grow complacent, as is the habit of some. Once Sometimes we get to a high point, a lot of times we grow complacent. I work in finance, and I work with mutual funds a lot and in the stock market. And as you hear the if you ever see a what we call a periodic table of stocks, it's something you'll get any time you purchase a mutual fund, if you do your IRAs or anything like that. It shows that throughout the history of the stock market, there have been certain stocks that have been at their high point, but they couldn't go any further, so the only place they could go is down. If you're familiar with this you, you, and you've seen one of these, then you know what I'm talking about. But once you get to the highest point of where you are, all you can do is drop to the bottom. And so what you'll see is you'll see, say, a stock in Dell, a large stock, and it'll be strong and up at the top of its game for three years. And you'll hear Fox News or CNN News or CNBC tell you the hot stock of the, of, of the month is Dell, buy Dell. And that's usually a little bit too late because what's going to happen the next year and the next two years is after it's held off, after it's grown complacent, it drops to the bottom of the barrel. That's how our lives as Christians are sometimes. Sometimes we reach a point where we use our abilities and use our talents and we get, uh, we get on a high and get up here and so we grow complacent and then the next step we go is down. That's only if you think you're at your high point. I'm here to tell you, brethren, excel still the more. And as long as you have that attitude of humility, that you have, are not perfect and that you can do better. Then you can grow. And you'll never grow complacent. You'll never be at the bottom of the barrel. Tonight, if you're not a child of God, I'd ask that you become one tonight. Mark 16, 16 says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. If you are a child of God, and maybe you have grown complacent, maybe you have stopped trying, Maybe it could be anything. But something is not right with your life with God. But I would ask you to make that right tonight as we stand and sing the song announced.
I hope this lesson was beneficial to you, edifying you and building you up so that you can press on for the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. If you have any questions about heaven, about the goal that Christ has for us, or about how to press on, or about the Franklin Church of Christ, please feel free to call us at 615-794-2359. Or you may contact us through our website, franklinchurchofchrist.com. Perhaps someone is giving you this lesson on CD or on audio tape. If that's the case, let me encourage you to go to that website that I just mentioned. Again, it's www.franklinchurchofchrist.com. We have numerous lessons there, both outline and audio format, that you're free to download and use in whatever way you believe will glorify God and help others press on for the goal. May God richly bless you as you draw closer to Him, but more importantly, may you richly bless God.